Hey friends. Oh man, I come with a a heavy heart. I've been arguing with God for a couple weeks. That's why there's been no episode. I've been resisting some direction that he's been leading. And I guess it's time for me to share that I'm going to be taking a little break from the podcast. Um, and that's hard to say out loud. I think that's why I haven't come on for a couple weeks because I just didn't want to say it. I don't want to say it because I still have so much to say. And so it's like, God, this doesn't make sense. Why would I quit? I can't even say that word, y'all. Like, it's just not in my, it's not in me. I don't want to call it that. Um, but coming and doing this podcast has given me immense joy. Like it fuels me. It brings me alive. It, it is so much fun. Um, but there's just so much more to it. And, and so I can try to share a little bit about that, but it might be something best shared over a piece of cake or something like that. Um, so anyway, yeah, you know, stop pretending just was birthed out of well, you know, initially it was the Ash and Ivy show and it was birthed out of this desire to share that God's voice heals, that God's voice speaks to us, that his presence in our life is unique to every person and that we can't find God by looking for him in other people, but that we find him by connecting to the things that are true to who we are. You know, so if it's in running or if it's in cooking or if it's in writing or if it's in playing with kids or doing something at work or studying, we find God and hear his voice in ways that are unique to us. And that's the magic of who he is. You know, stop pretending is about shedding off these masks of people pleasing and striving for perfection and trying to meet expectations and instead letting our worship be easy because our call is to make a way for Jesus to prepare the way for him and it's so confusing because we pour everything into trying to do that and we ask for the how-to, and we ask for the, okay, yeah, God, I want to. And so I'm going to go to church, and they're, maybe they'll tell me how to do it. Or I'm going to talk to this friend, and maybe they'll tell me how to do it. Or I'll listen to this worship song, and I'll pour out, and I'll surrender, and I'll, I'll say yes over and over and over, however many times it takes for however many years it takes. And yet, so many of us are still wandering around feeling like, hmm, that didn't work for me. It didn't click. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to keep doing the best I can because I know that's the right thing to do. It kind of reminds me of this. Um, well, I, you know, I guess I'm not going to have a little intro today. I'm just going to jump right in. I didn't really get on knowing what I was going to say today. And um, I guess we're just going to go with it. So, you know, this whole thing started. One of the first things in the Bible that God gave me that just completely radically changed me was Revelation 3. And it says, I know all that you do. I know you have a reputation for being really alive, but so sorry, you're actually dead. Wake up 
strengthen all that remains before it dies. I haven't found your works to be perfect in the sight of God. And that word perfect is just, is, it, for perfect means finished, right? So it just means that you're unfinished. It just means that you're in a journey, that you're on the walk. It, it's not a condemnation, a thing of like, oh, you're not perfect yet. No, 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 no. Of course you're not. You're unfinished because you're still living. Okay, back to the verse. So verse three, remember all the things you've received and heard. Turn back to God and obey them. If you continue to slumber, I will come to you like a thief and you'll have no idea at what hour I will come. They will walk. Those who have remained pure, they will walk in fellowship with me in brilliant light for they are worthy. And I just hear that so loud and clear. Like we have no idea what's coming in life, right? But if we continue to just go through the motions and live this mundane life and just try to meet expectations, that is living dead. That is not really alive. God wants to wake you up and not just give you a, a reputation of usefulness, not just give you a reputation of love, but showing you this reality that's deeper than what you can see and transforming your in and out breath with love, not transforming what you do, but transforming your breath just showing you that he's closer than your breath in every breath. He is there. He is present. He's with you. And it's not that hard. It flows. It flows. Y'all, I, you know, I am in the season of breastfeeding and getting up 5 million times a night and praise to Jesus. We finally just had the scales fall from our eyes and realized that our sweet, precious baby Ivy is a sinner. Y'all, she's a sinner, just like all your kids, just like my kids before her. It's a sobering thought to realize that your baby is not perfect, right? It's, she's not perfect, and um, it's hard. But when I kind of realized that, it's like, okay, I don't want to feed that. I want to show her the way of life. I want to give her life, every opportunity to know the father and connect with her maker. And if I have to sleep train to do that, then I will. And, you know, I said that to a couple of people and they just look at me like I'm sprouted horns and, and maybe it doesn't make sense. And maybe I just do a bad job explaining it. But anyway, you know, this, this momming thing the third time around is, it's a whole different ball game. I mean, for one, my boobs just lay so flat that I have to pick it up for Ivy to find it. Like it's not, it can't be bothered. You know, it just lays there like, mm, I can't be bothered. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, sorry, Ivy, let me get that for you down by my belly button. Um, so that's real awkward, but I feel like in this season of just late night feedings and feeling just so, so, so beyond exhausted, it's like a strange paradox of like contentment and honor and gratitude. And this is what I want to do. And this is where I want to be, except when I don't, except when it's twice in one hour in the middle of the night and no one knows. And I'm completely alone and angerness and bitterness and that kind of thing comes up in my, in my sinful mind. And it's such a season of beauty and yet I feel so lost. I feel like the world is just moving on without me, that there's so many things 
that other people are doing that I want to be doing. And I just get mad about that. I can't do everything, right? Like I can't do everything. And that's, those are kind of like middle of the night feelings, but then morning comes and I kind of swing back to center and remember like, oh, right here with my kids is what I want. I want to be here with them. But everything I read, everything I hear, everything I see other people doing makes me want to be more. makes me want to be different. And even I say that, like, there's more to life. And there is. Like, wake up. Wake up, dreamer. Like, dream again. Believe again. And I do believe that. But I'm also knowing that there's this magical place in a crack. Like, just a tiny, tiny crack that that almost can't be seen, right? And it's where I belong. Does that make sense? Like, let me try to say that again. The place that's easy for you, the place where you are going to find the greatest contentment, the magic that sparks in your life, the peace that fills you, the satisfaction, the purpose, the, the abounding life is going to, it's in a crack that no one can see. And you get to find that place. The magic's going to happen in that little burrow for you to settle into a cave of your very own where God whispers, let it be easy. This is where I am for you in this little nook. And this is where we're going to flow in a way that's unique to you and quiet for you and not with exhaustion. He invites you into this place, into this nook or this crack where he can whisper to you because God is not hard to hear. And that's the point I'm always trying to make. He is speaking to you, but running away from the noise is astoundingly hard. Quieting others is the hard part with every scroll and flip and zoom. I'm comparing and seeing things that I want. Good, good, good things. But I will never have my own thing if I'm always watching someone else. (sighs) Right? Golly, it's so tough. It's so tough. And so here I am in the middle of the night and we're sleep training. And God is saying again, build a foundation, build a foundation. Like, and I'm like, wait, God, am I squishing her sin or mine? (laughs) What's the goal here in the sleep training? And he's like, yes. Yes, a big resounding yes to all of it. We're squashing her sin and yours, Riley. Jeez, y'all, like I'm standing there about to fall out. And God says, give again. I'm replenishing you. Give, give, and give, and I'm replenishing you. And in every single parenting scenario, whether it's with my high schooler or my middle one or the baby, like it's me as the mom laying down my life again to show gospel. It's fighting my flesh to show grace, to show that even in our weakness, God is strong. And then I'm like, how am I supposed to come onto this show and share something worth sharing? Like, do I just bear all of this, you know? And God has just taken me back again and again and again to laying it out to him. And it's been beside the crib in the middle of the night. It's been on the yoga mat. It's been in prayer for my other boys who have their own worries. 
Okay, so back to the breastfeeding thing. Who knew this was going to be an episode all about that? But really cool information about it. Your The baby's saliva transmits chemical reactions in the mother's body. The breast milk is specifically made or produced to meet the needs of your baby. The nutritional makeup is specifically designed and adjusted and modified to meet the needs of your baby. So to the protein, to the fat, to the nutrition, like vitamins, all of it is exactly what your baby needs based on the input from the saliva. And so that includes even like um, immune boosting properties and things like that. So if your baby is sick, then the saliva tells the mom's body to produce antibodies for the baby. And, um, and it's just fascinating. And then it even shows like feeding baby into the second year of life when they need different immune boosting properties, the milk, um, is conducive for that. And so it's just extremely phenomenal. Um, and so the other night, I mean, God, you know, now that I've got Ivy sleeping through the night, I don't know if I'll ever hear God speak again because it was so clear in the middle of the night. I'm just kidding. Um, but the other night. He really spoke to me and just said, there's enough, there's enough. And, and he was speaking to me about this idea of the breast milk. And he's told me multiple times, or it's been clear in my mind multiple times that the father's love adjusts to the properties that we need. His provision to us modifies to what we need. His language modifies to meet us in our place of understanding his gifts are specific to what we need in the moment he is always going to give enough there we're never going to run out we're never going to run out and so i'm thinking about ivy being thirsty and needing to drink deeply and needing to be nourished and god says i nourish you Drink deeply of my love for you and believe that I'm here for you and that everything I give you is what you need and is going to meet you in the place that you are right now. You are not without a single detail down to the very numbers of of every single piece that you need in your life. It is accurate. I am accurate for your nourishment. And all of a sudden, I thought about, drink this blood and remember me. Remember that he poured out until he was dry with nothing left to give. He gave all he could give on the cross, his whole life broken, and he became needy. And then God restored that. He pumps that living, resurrected blood in our veins bringing to life every single thing in our lives. Every piece of his body woke in that tomb. He he woke up, blood started to pour back into his arms, back into his legs. It coursed through his, his abdomen and his mind and through his brain, waking up all of his power, all of his creativity, all of his life that he designed for us. And when we wake up to God's truth, just like Revelations 3 says, do not walk around dead, but we surrender and awaken to what he says. His blood pulses through our veins 
and we are not broken any longer, but we are made whole. And so this is what that told me. Like when we take communion and we drink of his blood, it pours life in, right? It pours life in so that every single action I take in parenting and in marriage and in work and in my personal life, it is not fetal attempts of me just reaching and grasping. It is every time filled with love, ready to be poured out on our, on our children. It is anointed with the power of the blood. Drink deeply because there is enough and it is designed perfectly to meet your need. Drink deeply of Jesus. We do not live our lives with empty hands, just going through motions and hoping it lands okay, hoping we're doing a good job. No, we are filled with the blood of the cross that restores every broken things. Our words breathe life with the power of creation, bringing forth what is good, what is true, what is life-giving, what is sustaining. And so when we parent with the blood of the lamb coursing through our words and our love, it's enough. He's enough. There's enough. And it's modified. It's adapted. It's specialized for that moment, for that conversation, for that discipline, for that surrender, for your kid, for your husband, for your wife, for your coworker, for your parent who you're dealing with. God knows every detail. So another night, I had been asking God for a word because jealousy, I'd heard other people say, yeah, God gave me a word. God gave me a word. And I'm like, well, I want a word for the year, right? Like, I think we've kind of idolized this word as if our daily um, need for him and receiving of him isn't enough, right? Um, But anyway, he gave it to me and it wasn't what I wanted. I said, no, 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 no. I give it back. God, I don't want that word. And he said, surrender surrender. No, thank you. No, thank you, God. I was looking for a more active word. I was looking for something to do, something to accomplish. I was looking for big lofty dreams, God. No, surrender, Riley, surrender. And what he's saying is drink from me. There is enough. I have what you need. I have what you need, but you have to come. You have to come. And so it's been two weeks of me saying, "Mm, I don't know about that. I don't know if that's what I want. I don't know. I've changed my mind. (laughs) I changed my mind. But God is good. And ultimately, it comes to me trusting him trusting that it's all working for my good and I do believe every single thing is happening in life for me that God is for me every single thing that's happening is for me and so I believe in the closeness of the father I believe that he's pursuing me I believe that his voice is available to me and I don't want to miss the crack I don't want to walk around dead you know And it feels really, really hard. It sounds kind of cool, right? It sounds kind of fancy, but it feels like torture. (laughs) Josh and I um, are celebrating 17 years of marriage. 
17. That's insane. And y'all, it's messy. And his anniversary letter was written on a scrap piece of paper and torn because marriage is just not top of the list right now. Just not top of the list. I have to be honest. We've got a lot happening in our families and in our lives. And I should say romance is not top of the list. Okay. And yet, so we're at dinner and, and it's our first time really going to dinner with um, someone without Ivy. And so that was fun. And obviously we took way too long to do that and make that happen. But we're at dinner and we're talking about all that we've learned so far, our strengths, our weaknesses, where we want to go. And, you know, and, and a lot of that's negative, y'all. A lot of it's like we're cleaning house and we need to talk about this and we need to freshen this and we need to do that and we need to be better and blah, 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 blah. And, and then Josh goes, you know what? But we're good. Yeah, Riley, we're good. And we are, we are. And I can just trust that that statement is true because that's what carries me. We're good. We really are. Yes, we're smack dab in the scrappy, messy middle. But Josh, he's my beginning and my end of this family, right? Like it started with us and it's going to end with us. Can you drop your toy? Let me get it. And he's my safe place after Jesus. Right? Can we get that toy for her? Oh, here it is. So, okay, let's bring it back. Life is scrappy. We're in the middle. We're in the middle. We're at crib sides and toilet vomit sides and flu sides and homework. We're, we're doing homework and we're cooking dinner and we're seeking for the next thing. And we're, we're just in the middle. We're in the middle of it all. And that is okay because Jesus is your safe place and he has a nook for you with him that is easy. And you can live your life fully awake in that easy place and not miss a beat at all, not feel bad about it at all. Let it be easy. Drop the things that feel too hard and abide in him. Abide with his presence, with his love, with his care because it is specialized for you drink deeply of his restoring love drink deeply of his generous care and then connect that's my last thing I've thought about what embodies Jesus right what embodies him like if it's not striving to do things and if he wants it to be easy then, and I'm, I want to be like Jesus. Where did I go wrong? Why is this so flipping hard? Right? And it's, it's connection. I know it is through and through. It is so clear that it's connection because when we connect, connect to the earth, connect to our bodies, connect to to God, connect to God through each other. Like that's what brings such deep, deep gratitude and satisfaction and purpose, right? We can throw the best event ever that loves people and gives great gifts and brings laughter. And we can go back home and feel like, hmm, well, that was a lot of stupid work. There was no connection. But when we take time and worship through relationship 
and abide and breathe in the beauty of, of what's around us and soak in fresh air, that brings a different level of satisfaction, right? Because it's connection. It's connection. And so I don't know what God has for me. I'd be saying, wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he has for me. And I'm terrified. Let me just tell you. I am sad to be taking this break from this show. And I, it's, it's not a, a matter of failure, though. And I've learned that. It's a matter of trust that God knows what I actually am craving. And, and this show's not giving it to me. I'm craving connection. And so I'm hoping to see people more face-to-face. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping to be outside more. I'm hoping to be in more conversations. And um, if you want that with me, I'd love to hear from you. If you've listened to this episode, honestly, it'd just be really fantastic just to get a hello from you. And I just want you to know to whoever, all of you who've listened, it deeply, deeply, deeply has blessed my life. And this has been such an incredible place to share story and meet with God and to feel him close because story brings God close, right? Because where is God? He's in you. And so if we want to find God, we need to connect with each other. And I'll never change my mind about that, but I want to connect with you face to face. And so Goodbye for now. Goodbye from now in this space. But maybe I'll be back soon. We'll see. I'm open to whatever he says because surrender might be my word for the year, but it's definitely my word for every day. And we're just going to take it one day at a time. All right. Love you guys. I am cheering for you.